0: We're gonna take it to the top We're gonna stomp It's alright Gonna party Till we feel alright Right
1: Right before we start is when you give it to me
0: (laughs) Welcome to Tuesday, episode 50 We're officially in our 50s Well,
1: you have been for a long time.
0: (laughs) I don't don't even remember. (laughs) uh, Yeah, this is on taking pictures number 50, getting close to the year mark, uh, Uh, which is amazing to me. Very exciting. I
1: can't believe we actually have been doing this for almost a year. It's uh, it's dumbfounding. I can't Uh, believe uh, people are still listening after a year.
0: Right. I, (laughs) I wonder, are there people who have been listening since episode one consistently? If, if you have been, uh, write in podcast at ontakingpictures.com. Uh, anywho, uh, my name is Jeffrey Sidoris from fadedandblurred.com with me, fancy New York editorial portrait, color and black and white Polaroid photographer Bill Wadman. That was impressive. Yeah. Well, thank, you're an you, thank impressive you for that guy. lovely introduction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a year. Oh, my God. That's amazing.
1: It's good. It's okay. really good. Uh, looking, looking forward to keep going, keeping, keeping going, keeping. You, you know, we we have a lot of stuff to talk about because we promised that we do this workflow talk today.
0: Yes. Um, well, you're going to talk, ramble on excessively about it. Wow! Really? It's like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. Um, uh, you, you. But you've got something in the show notes, and you wouldn't tell me what it means. So. Which wait, which roller coaster?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Wadman. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to discuss the ups and downs. I guess it's there's like a mood component to it, but you know, I, I watched I watched something the other day, and 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 it got me really down about my own work, like to the okay. point where it's like I want to throw it all out and start over, you know? Okay. Okay, and I just thought that that would be an interesting topic for discussion, the sort of ups and downs, the roller coaster nature of uh, self-image when it's related to art. you know
0: well there's always the I don't know, but always, but there is often the desire to reinvent, right?
1: Yeah, there's that, but then I mean sort of the um I'm going more deep, more um, destructive than that. Really? Yeah. Like where, where there have been times in the past couple of days where I kind of just wanted to hit like format D. <laughs> okay.
0: All right. And just say, I don't, I don't want any remnant of this, of, of my previous creative self. I want to start tabula rasa. Yeah.
1: None of this okay. is good enough. Okay. Um, and look, th- th- that's the thing. I mean, there are times a month ago or a month from now where I will look at my stuff and go, you know what? That's pretty good. Sure. Uh, but but the past couple of days i've been really down on my own work and i i just it's it's it doesn't make any sense cuz the work hasn't changed mm-hmm. right this is all just my perception of it is changing and how much does that have to do with me being cranky for some other reason or you know it's that time of month for me or something i you know sure. i don't know right hormonal changes um and it just it it just got me thinking it's like what People, people have commented that, you know, who the heck do I think I am thinking that my stuff's important? And, you know, it's like, that's just my crutch to try to want to hope that it's important someday because that makes it worth doing, right? Because otherwise, okay, I'm taking pictures, I'm putting them in a box and then I die and then they get thrown out. Like, okay, well, what's yeah, the fun I mean, that? I,
0: well, for you, I don't know that I would say it's a crutch, but for you, th- there, there is this this sort of core that. If it's not important to somebody, then why should it be important to me? And if it's not important to me, then what am I wasting my time for?
1: Yeah. Right. And lately I kind of feel like, what am I wasting my time for? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, okay. Yeah. I get, you get work and you work for clients and you do that and you make money to pay the rent and it just, it just feels, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel.
0: Well, uh, in, in the past, from what you've said, uh, it's, I mean, it sounds like a good time to throw yourself into a personal project that, that takes you in a new direction.
1: Yeah. I just wish I had an idea for a personal project that took me in a new direction. Right, 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 right. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, you can't, I I found that anytime that I am in a situation where I need something new to work on and I just make something up and start working on it, it never works. It's like it has to just come about natural, organically. Like, oh, I suddenly have this idea and I start doing it. You know, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I try to th- brainstorm ideas, it never works. So, uh, is it
0: is it a situation where if you force if you force the theme or idea of the project that you feel like all of the work becomes contrived because you didn't you weren't really into it yeah. from the beginning? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly that. I mean, I did this. Um, a few years ago, I was playing on, somebody was talking to me, and, and they, they did a lot of stuff that was, they did projects that were very smart in that they were timely to the news, and they got pressed because of that. And, you know, they were very smart about timing their projects to the zeitgeist. Intentionally timing them? I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and they sort of talked to me as if I was stupid for not doing similarly because that's the way, that's the smart thing to do. Um, because the stuff that I had done before or since has not been like that. So it's sort of this push pull kind of thing for me that I was like, Oh, do I need to, do I need to cater more towards the market as it were? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for, so for example, for, I did three or four of these things, uh, called laid off where I, I was shooting people who had lost their jobs, um, in their work clothes and just sort of in their sitting around the house clothes diptychs in the same exact position. You know, or or in the same setting, like, you know, they were it's the same picture of their living room and they're standing up in their suit and they're sitting down in their PJs or whatever it is. Right, right. And um I did I, did, I think I did four of them and some people have seen them and been like, Oh, those are really great. And I'm just like, no, those are boring. <laughs> those are contrived. Those are me trying to be something I'm not. And so I stopped doing them. You know, and so there's examples like that where I've tried to find those things to get me out of a lurch or, or to, 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 to start something new and it ends up sort of backfiring and it actually pushes, it's like one step forward, two steps back. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm worse off than I was when I, before I started it. Um, that kind but of, it's,
0: it's, it seems like whenever you tend to think that you're trying to be clever is when you're at your least clever.
1: Yes. Do, do me or anybody?
0: Well, I, I don't know anybody. I know in talking to you it seems that way. <laughs> I don't know anybody else. I don't know anybody. Uh, uh, okay. Hold on. Post-it note. Leave
1: house more often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make friend. Make friend. Like yeah, singular. Yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, I, I think that's probably uh, common to, to a lot of people who are trying to create something that they think should somehow transcend their day-to-day life right should somehow have more meaning than their day-to-day life but but maybe the realization is that your day-to-day life does have meaning
1: yeah maybe i just you know yesterday and today i'm 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 speaking at a class a, a photoshop class that my friend teaches at the city tech here in brooklyn mm-hmm. and he asked me to come in and talk and, and show people my photoshop files and you know just kind of walk through how I do what I do. And I went yesterday and spoke for an hour and 15 minutes. And and I'm going back today this afternoon to do the same to a different class. And, you know, I was opening up my own files from like two years ago, three years ago. And I'm, and I was finding mistakes in them as I was showing them to people.
0: (laughs) Well, first off, you don't name your layers, which is a horrible practice.
1: It's true. I don't name my layers. Um, how do you know that? Have I talked about that before?
0: Nope. Just, just the feeling. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's true. I don't name my layers <laughs> most of the time. It's funny. I open up one of them that um, is getting written up. That one of the pictures that I was talking about yesterday is getting written up on for this week or something. And so I, I I had to take a screenshot of the of the um, of 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 the layers palette for this for this like little write up. So like, I <laughs> layer fourteen copy two layer fourteen yeah. copy three. So, so I named them all. <laughs> And so it was beautiful. I opened it up. I was like, "Look at that beautiful file." And then I was just like, "Oh right, this is the one that I was trying to show off to somebody else." See, um, Name your layers, kids. But but I was looking at them, and I'm just like, "Wow, I'm a." Ha-. And I know I'm not. I'm not looking for sympathy here. I'm just. I'm just saying what I thought in my head. I was just like, "I'm a hack," you know. I. It's but. It, but it's funny. It's like you you go through these 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 <sighs> tortured plateaus when you know, you know, you you, you, you think you're great because you get to a certain point because you're like, oh, look how good I am. You know, look, I've, I've gotten good at this. And then a few months later, you look and you go, wow, that stuff that I thought was really good is actually crap,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, and it, it just, I, I'm at the low point of that. And I just wanted to say that if anybody else goes on these ups and downs, we all go on them too. I think everybody does. I I, I mean, I don't think that's even...
0: Look, I don't even think it's part of, of being creative, whatever that means. I think it's just part of being human. I mean, you're, you're, you're down on, on your job, your wardrobe, your relationships, your friends. You're you know, It doesn't matter. It's here we're talking about work, but uh, I, I don't think we're, we're dissimilar from anyone else in thinking, what's the point?
1: Don't you know what's, those people, though? Don't you know those few people who never seem to get depressed? Uh, they're just happy all the time.
0: uh, No, I don't know anybody like that.
1: Okay.
0: I, I, I've heard of them, but I, I don't know anybody. (laughs) I've
1: heard tell of the mysterious,
0: uh, you know, I know people who are happier, but I don't, I don't know anybody who never gets affected by, by anything. I mean, it's maybe I should, maybe that would help, but, um, no, I don't actually.
1: All right, I take back what I was saying then.
0: Well, do you, no, you you don't have to take it back. I mean, that's that's the way you feel. Uh, uh, but but know that it will pass.
1: Yeah, this too shall pass. That's right. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you're right. I'm overthinking it. Just uh, it just irks me. Well, I mean, it's, I hate feeling that way. I hate feeling like the last five years of my life was a waste.
0: But it's not, I and and I, I know, but that's what
1: it feels like right now.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, I think that happens at every level. You know, the 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 person just getting started feels goes through periods of feeling like they're not good enough to get better and get more well known or get more famous or whatever it is. But then the person who's at that level thinks that you know they go through periods of of thinking that how they got there was a big ruse and somebody's going to find out and pull the rug out and back down there they'll go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that all the time.
0: Well, I do too. But it's it it's the, the I find that as the valleys become shallower, they do as time as time goes on. And well, that's just because
1: you can't remember most of your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: There is, there is that, uh, but, and, and they're less frequent. Okay. You know? Um, but there are still those days where, where you wake up and, you know, and look, I go through the same things and I go through them, um, just as realistically as anyone else. But, but fortunately, most of the time, uh, you know, for me personally, Nikki goes, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and kind of snaps me out of it you know sometimes sometimes it doesn't happen sometimes it's you know it's i'm just going to leave you alone until this passes
1: that's why she's good to have around
0: well it's yeah it's one of the reasons um you know i mean it's 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 difficult for me to know to, to, to distinguish when those times are, when, when the, I'm going to help you through this versus when I'm just going to leave you alone and let you work through it. But to her credit, it's something that she does brilliantly.
1: Okay. You know? Yeah. You use the term to your credit a lot and I like to, to her credit, to their credit. Uh, I like it. It's very, it's very, uh, it's nice.
0: Thanks. I mean, I just, it's, I, she, she's, people should be credited for, for being good people. Are you, and you I saying
1: think that we, she's only a woman to you? <laughs> well, always. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: can't, you can't beat a good Billy Joel reference.
1: Hey, uh, okay. So enough of the roller coaster. but I just, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit. I was having a really hard time yesterday. Well, Snap out of it! So it turns out that my website doesn't work on an iPad three. No, we figured that out a few days ago. Right. So some guy uh on the Twitters, uh who who let's see, do 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 do, Iron Founderson Robert Hugland, Ho- who I think is from uh somewhere in in Europe. Anyway. He said that uh, he he looked at some logs and it's it's due to low memory, which means I probably am loading too many images. The thing I'm I'm only loading like, you know, 50 images that are like 200 pixels across. Wait, This is a listener of the show. Yeah. Okay. how
0: awesome is that that a listener of the show checked out your logs and said, no, Bill, here here's what's happening.
1: Yeah, I think he's checking out the logs on on his iPad because he's a developer. He's an app developer, so he can get to all this crazy stuff that I
0: don't know how to get to. That's still that's right. really cool.
1: So now I got to figure out either to a um, resort my because right now it all pulls out of an XML document and then PHP kind of writes it into the page like mm-hmm. lists them all out. Um, but you've written you this is something that you've written from scratch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Using some o- you know what? Stuff. If only there was some sort of platform that you could go to yeah you, yeah you know yeah. that that looked really great and scaled yeah to, yeah yeah uh
1: dragon draw i don't know i something. like doing my own things even if they break <laughs> at least for this kind of stuff for my for my e-commerce site i'm all for our squarespace friends yeah um so anyway i yeah i made this thing and and this is you know what i do for fun when i want to beat myself and play with my cars um Anyway, so I think what I need to do is write a thing in there that basically says, if it's an iPad, only load X amount of images. I just have right. to figure out whatever X amount of images is.
0: Well, okay. You, what do you, you have an iPad three or two? Right. Three. Okay. And
1: w- how much memory is in a three? Cause it works. It, it loads fine on mine. I know. And that's the thing. It's got a gig, which I think is, I think it's good. I think the three and the four both have a gig, but it works fine on my iPhone, but not on my iPad in either Chrome or Safari. It's very strange. Very it's like one of those really frustrating bugs. Because the other thing is that it used to work fine. Mm-hmm. because uh, I never had a problem with it before and I used to test it over there. So suddenly, I wonder
0: is there some loop that's being called now that wasn't being called before? Uh, through, no, the only thing change? I've done
1: is added added images or the other thing I want to check is it did I did I change some media query stuff? Mm-hmm. Anyway, whatever. It's just uh, annoying. I have to go in and, and check that out. But you know, then it then it Maybe I should just reduce the number of images on there, you know, or redesign uh-huh. or just move it over to our friends at Squarespace. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Um, okay. So workflow. Yes. Should we do this once and for all? Workflow. One workflow to rule them all? No, my workflow and you will probably disagree with it. <laughs> wow. Why are you got to put that on me already? Um, not you. I mean the proverbial you listening ah, okay. out there uh we should we should preface all of this by saying the way we do things and we're going to talk about why we do certain things might not work for you right right workflows, work workflow, are, it's
0: it's personal it's very, very personal.
1: personal yeah, and the I mean, reason from
0: naming conventions to you know the right. way you rate or cull your images right. it's all subject to to your own interpretation right,
1: yeah, I mean some of your interpretations are wrong i'm sure um <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, uh,
0: I need to figure out how to organize all my glass plates. That's, that's the thing. Or as you call them, family photos.
1: <laughs> We're so terrible to each other. People still listen to this show? Okay, right, moving okay. on. Um, so wait, should we talk about like actually taking the pictures? No. Okay.
0: No, so this it, is like,
1: we went and took pictures, we come home, we have a card full of pictures. Right. Okay. What do you do?
0: Uh, I, okay. Well, I don't take very many pictures at a time. Um, I, I, and I, and I'm working through this. I, my, my previous, um, method, I guess, when, when I was using my, uh, my D300 was just to, uh, I would either use, um, Lightroom to import Or when I was messing around with Aperture, I would use Aperture and import, but I didn't really have any sort of, I didn't leverage the, you know, tagging, commenting, the organizational tools that are built into all these apps now that make sorting and um, finding images much more efficient and and a lot easier. I didn't, I I haven't leveraged any of that kind of stuff. I'm still trying to work through it myself, which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about... uh, Workflow on the show, okay. Um, and and if, and if you if you're listening and you you have ideas that are that are different, uh, send them in, you know, or or talk about them in okay. the post something in the in the G plus uh, community because this is kind of a, wants to be an ongoing discussion.
1: Yes, yeah, um, okay. So I I use Lightroom to do my stuff. Uh, I use Lightroom because it is the uh, easiest to move back and forth between it and Photoshop. I use it because I don't really like the interface in aperture very much. Mm -hmm. Um, I use it because I don't need the complexity or of, of capture one. Um, and I like Adobe stuff and it's cheap for what it is and it does its job. And I know that it's going to be around for a while. Uh, so there's that. Um, so I come home and I load up my uh stick my card in and I and I import the stuff. Uh I rename on import too. Right? Um I used to use it's funny I do things that I don't need to do anymore. For example, my naming convention, I use the date backwards, so today would be 130409, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, underscore Jeffrey Sidoris, underscore, and then let it name them from 100 up, you know, when it imports. Um, It's funny because that I do the dates because in many ways I don't need to do the dates anymore because the dates are in the metadata. The date captured is in the metadata. Why do I need to type that into the file name? I just do. It's like old habit. It's kind of like a lot of the things that I do, I do because if I ever lost the metadata, or things got confused or whatever it is, there's still a lot of information in the file name mm-hmm. that hopefully won't get lost. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's sort of a redundancy kind of thing. When,
0: okay, when, go up one more level. When you're when you're bringing things in, are you importing to uh, whatever the drive is slash photos slash 2013 no. slash how granular do you get when no, you're creating I, I, your folder I, do, structure?
1: I don't organize by date on my drive I organize by what kind of picture it was so there are there are uh client shoots uh people places events trips and then other which includes like experiments or projects I think I think it actually says projects not other so Drabbles and Motion are inside of Projects, and there's a folder for each of them. And inside of those, inside of Drabbles, there'll be a picture, you know, like, oh, I took a picture of Cynthia Smith. So it'll be, you know, uh, Projects, Drabbles, Cynthia Smith, and then inside of that are the images. Um, what's, okay, what's the difference between a place and a trip? Uh, places is like, you know, around New York or around Boston, Or my mother's house, which aren't really trip trips, you know, trips are like when I go to Paris or I'm at Yosemite, that -hmm. kind of thing. Um, places are places that I've go, I've gone to a number of times that I want to just, I've been to Boston multiple times. I've been around New York multiple times. So all the pictures I take in New York, I stick inside of places so that if I want to say, oh, I want to look at New York pictures, I go in and go to the New York folder, um, Like this, again, this might not work for you, but it works for me because the majority of my pictures are portraits. So I go into people and there's just people's names in alphabetical order. Right. You know, that makes it very easy for me. I don't have, you can automatically have it do this kind of stuff by date and whatever. It's like, ugh, no, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need folders inside of folders inside of folders to like do dates, years, months, days, like, no. So
0: see, that's, I, I do, I have 2013, 2012. See, because
1: all of that stuff is already in metadata. So in Lightroom, I can say, show me all the pictures from January, 2013, and it'll show me all the pictures from January, 2013 in my entire library. I don't need to organize on the hard drive that way. See what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Mm hmm. and I do that all the time. You can even like in, in Lightroom or any of these things, I'm sure you could go in and say, show me all the pictures I took with the 85 1.2 lens. You know, it'll and it'll go in the metadata and and and, and grok for, you know, do render out the, what I need that selection. Um, so I, I, I use that kind of stuff every once in a while. If I'm just like, oh, you know, you know, I I'll say uh, I haven't updated my portfolio in a while let's see what pictures I've taken in the last few months. And I'll go into my library and say, show me all the pictures I've taken in the last few months. And that's really handy. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it does. Um, it, 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 it makes sense, but then you're, you're, you're having to use Lightroom to find anything.
1: Well, not to find anything. I mean, those kinds of things are weird things I need to do. What I generally need to do is find the picture of Jeffrey Sidoris, which is in people inside of a folder called Jeffrey Sidoris. Mm. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like your way, if you have to find a picture of Bill Wadman, how do you find a picture of Bill Wadman when everything's in like folders of dates? That's what I'm true. Saying? Okay. Yeah. Okay. See, okay. like the, the, the thing that I'm doing most often is looking somebody up by name, in which case that's how my folders are. You know, and then if I take in pictures of, say, Heather, I've taken pictures of, you know, dozens of times in Heather's folder, there are folders that are dates. So the, in, inside here, there'll be, you know, 080716, which is, you know, 2008. I took some pictures of Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, but do do you do that by default? Like if you shoot,
0: let's say you go shoot, I don't know who's Anne Curry, right? Right. Are, are you going to do people and Curry? And then the date that you took those, or just people, Ann Curry, and dump them all in there?
1: Uh, for Ann Curry, prob- because I probably will never shoot Ann Curry again, I can be pretty safe to just to put in, dump them into Ann Curry.
0: See, but then it's, I think that's where it breaks for me, is there's no standard. Yeah, like, but it's, okay. What, but at, at shoot- that
1: level, who cares? I mean, yeah, okay, if I wanted to be really anal, yeah, okay, I could put them in a... Folder in there that was the date and okay yeah I could do that but that's just one more level and if I know that I'm never going to shoot that person again what's the point of doing another level the other level is for when I know there's going to be multiple pictures the one advantage actually of putting the date in the file name is that I could just dump them all in there because th- it's not like there's going to be a baratunde Thurston zero you know one hundred multiples of that okay you sure you know what I mean mm-hmm. so that's one advantage of putting the date in there is that you know you're never going to have conflicts of file names. Uh, so, I mean, that's just, that's the way I do it. And and again, and then some people say, well, why separate people from client shoots? And it's just like, okay, well, there's my personal stuff. And then there's stuff I do for clients and client stuff. I generally want to hold on to longer on my hard drive. Cause you know, you need those pictures for something else where after a while I'll take pictures I've taken of people and put them in cold storage. I'll, I'll take them off of my main library and stick them on a couple external hard drives, mm-hmm. you know, put them away as it were.
0: Um, Uh, for your naming convention, are you all lowercase? Are you camelbacking things? What are you doing? Uh,
1: I generally, I, hmm, I don't have spaces. I guess I camelback. That's where you capitalize, but keep it all mushed together. Right. Yeah. I generally do that. (laughs) Uh, Although I do use dashes and underscores and stuff. It's not exactly perfect, but it doesn't need to be perfect. It needs to be readable. Sure. Um, and there's some, there's some things on my drive that I imported that I'll find and it'll be, you know, image 2634. Like for some reason when I imported it, I didn't, I've gotten better over the years of bringing them in and naming them the right stuff. Um, and sometimes there's like things where it's like, I don't know, where should this go? You know, although it's funny you say Ann Curry, I actually have a, a folder inside of projects called wishlist where I keep, where <laughs> which actually has portraits of people in it, but it's, you know. Andy Anotko and Gina Trapani and, you know, Matthew Carter and Ray Kurzweil, like those people are in wish list because they're people I contacted that I wanted to shoot, you know? Right. Um, but that's, that's cause that's just a separate project in my head. But see, again, this is all how it works for me. It might not work that way for you. Um, I also convert to DNG on import. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: now do you keep, do you, do you keep the raw files or no. do you have it erase the originals?
1: Erase the original. Okay. It, it 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 copies on import, it does DNG. Um so for those of you who don't know, so if you're shooting raw, your camera most likely, other unless you have like a Leica or a who else does actual DNG in the camera? There's a handful of them. Um records raw files in a propri- proprietary standard. So on, on, on Canon it's currently C R two for Canon Raw two. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Uh what is it on NEF? Is that what it is? For?
0: NEF on Nikon. Uh, Fuji is RAF. What does that stand for?
1: NEF. I don't know. Okay. Nikon exchange format, maybe? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Anyway, basically, it's, you know, it's it's just the raw data off the sensor plus some metadata in some sort of format, and they all have their own proprietary thing. Um, I, a few years ago, started converting all my stuff to DNG, which is the open sort of Adobe standard for raw files for a couple of reasons. Number one. I am more secure believing that DNGs are going to be readable 30 years from now than some proprietary Canon format that stopped getting used 30 years ago. That kind of thing. Sure. Like I still have files from my um so say 2004 I had a Digital Rebel which had a different older Canon format. And yeah, there's no reason for them to drop support for the Digital Rebel and Lightroom or whatever it is, but that's right now. 20 years from now? It's like, "Oh, well there was this camera out and, you know, no one knows how to read these, or you need a special software. It's like you know what they're DNGs. They're they're in a format that's that's uh, uh, documented, and and somebody could write an open source thing to open them up. Um, I feel sure. better about that. So there's number one is is just sort of continuity of my library. Uh, secondary, secondly, uh, there is lossless compression of data compression inside of DNGs. So a DNG with this lossless compression, so you don't lose anything, it's just it's sort of like zipping the file, as it were, um, it saves you like 20%, 30%. So that a gig or a terabyte of, of image files suddenly only takes up 700 gigs. So there's a, a space savings as well. And another advantage is that with the Canon files, the metadata is kept in a sidecar file, an XMP file outside. Yeah, where so you've with,
0: got all these little files everywhere.
1: Exactly, and where with DNG, all the metadata goes inside the file, which is nice. So now it's just one file with everything in it, and you don't have to worry about the sidecar files. So I'm a big fan of converting to DNG. Now, it takes a little longer on import because it's chewing through all these images as it's importing them. But you know what? You you take that hit in the beginning, and then you don't have to worry about it ever again. What is the, what is the Fuji save to? What kind of format is that?
0: Uh, it's called RAF. It's the Royal Air Force. It format. is the Royal Air Force. <laughs> it is, it's the camera system of pilots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. I've been reviewing, working through reviewing uh, Capture One Express, uh, which is sort of the pared down version of, of Capture One Pro. A uh, few features missing uh, because I had read on the on the Fuji forums that it does a better job with the Fuji raw files because of the X trans sensor. Okay. That's what right. originally got me looking at it. And when, uh, when Lightroom four two, or I'm sorry, four three was out, it, it had a tendency to kind of smear the colors a little bit, um, almost like a watercolory effect if you're looking at, at hundred percent. And so I started reading about, um, the, the, the next beta of capture one pro, which they had, implemented better support for the x-trans sensor and and it actually looked really really good so now coincidentally when in february when uh when phase one released uh express adobe also released the 4.4 beta for lightroom with their support for uh the x-trans sensor files and uh uh, I think Capture One still does a little bit better job or it's different. It's actually, I don't know, you could quantify it and say better, but I I do like the Adobe ecosystem. I like being able to round trip back to Photoshop. I like being able to use, you know, things like Rad Lab right in Lightroom. I like being able to uh, make local adjustments, which you cannot do on, on you know, the, the express version of Capture One. Um, That and I just, I I don't know that I want to learn a new piece of software. I might, I don't know. It's, I'm still kind of playing with it. It's interesting so far. Yeah. You
1: know, I like, um, I I like Lightroom. I don't know. I'm just one of those people. I mean, there's people who complain, oh, you know, you don't need develop and library to be two different things. Yeah. Okay. I agree. You could, you should be able to just do the stuff in, in library that you do in develop, like have those just be one thing. Um, well, yeah, I mean, especially since since you can apply those quick edits
0: in in the library module. But then again, I mean, so you hit D on your keyboard. I mean, it's, it's right. Really it takes difficult. a
1: second to open up and it's obviously a different engine, which is why they did it. Uh, the other thing, what do you how, how do you feel about keywords? I'm starting to use them more. Yeah,
0: uh it, it, Look, up until this point, I haven't really and I still don't take that many pictures, but the plan is to take more pictures. So if I can save myself some headache by by keywording things so that I can find them more efficiently uh, in the future, why not take the few extra minutes at the beginning?
1: Okay. Yeah, no. The thing is that what are you keywording? What are you saying?
0: Uh, well, like if I'm if I'm like shooting in LA or something, I'll I'll use like downtown or Los Angeles or, you know, Echo Park or Silver Lake or whatever, just just in case. I mean, I might not use them now, but I'd rather have them be there. Yeah. You know, I think I, I, I tend to keyword the same way I keyword like uh, posts on on Faded and Blurred or something. Just anything that I would want to search. Relevant to that file.
1: Yeah. Yeah, see, I never, ever keyword. Never use keywords. Nope. I don't understand the usefulness of them. If only just because, like, what am I going to say? Portrait. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Studio. You know, like, okay, yeah, I guess I could. You know, show me all my studio portraits. Show me all pictures of redheads. You know, it's like. I don't know. It just and it takes so much time because, like, if I bring in a bunch of pictures and they're in different setups and different whatevers, and some are close up and some are far away, it's like I'm not going to go and individually tag each one.
0: No, and and I'm not saying that I do at the moment either. I, I tend to think more globally. I don't sit and keyword each individual thing, or I'll I'll select twenty and and give these you know a keyword of whatever. Yeah, um, I, I'm not nearly as granular as I probably could be. And again, I'm, I'm still working through finding a system that works for me. The way I'm organizing my stuff is very different than the way, uh, Nikki organizes hers because we, we approach these things two different ways. And I think if you asked, you know, 10 photographers, you're going to get probably six or seven, at least different methods of organizing and, 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 you know, naming
1: yep. your files. Yep. And all for different and good reasons. Theoretically, Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I don't do that, but you know, one thing that you, everyone should do that I do most of the time, but sometimes when I rebuild my computer, I forget to set up is, um, uh, is, is to make sure you put copyright stuff in on import. So update the copyright metadata on import so that it automatically says this picture was taken by Bill Wadman, copyright, all rights reserved.
0: Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. See what I'm
1: saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Cause there are copyright fields in the metadata and you tend to forget to do that sometimes. So if you have it set up to do that on import, that is good for you. You know, like have the creator and the, you know, that kind of stuff automatically in there. Sure. Um, so just a little, a little hint. Uh, so that's a big thing. Uh, once you get them in there though, I see, so I use, I, I mean, I've probably discussed this before. I use a, I use a star system to, to organize things. So I pull in 100 pictures and I go through and I decide whether or not it's worth one star, which is like, oh, I might possibly use that someday. Um, So those all get one star. Then I say, show me all the one stars. And then I give the ones that are the best out of those two stars. And so 100 becomes 50 and then 51 stars becomes 25 two stars, you know, and then there might be 10 three star images and then there might be four four star images. And those are the ones that I'll actually retouch and finish, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of tear up a a pyramid upwards. Um, do you use, you use like flags and colors and all that
0: stuff? Um, I, well, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm working through all this stuff. Uh, and I've, I've been reading this, uh, photographer's workflow book, this Gavin Goff book. And he suggested using flags in Lightroom where if, if you're not going to keep the image, give it a black flag, and if you are going to keep the image, give it a white flag. So you start from the very beginning of, of I'm never going to do anything with this right. or it's out of focus or the right. composition's horrible. Just dump it. I don't even want it in the library. Right.
1: Well, what I do is when I'm done with all that culling and editing, when I'm sort of, okay, I'm kind of done with this project, I'll say show me all the zero star ones and delete those.
0: Oh, okay. So you don't keep everything. Because no. there, are, there are people out there that no. even if they are used never to. going to do it, yeah. Never going to do anything with it. They'll keep every yeah. image. And then to me, I don't understand that.
1: No, especially with digital where you're shooting that much. I mean, back in the day, you didn't have a choice, right? With, 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 uh, with film. The thing is, is that the the flip side of that is you don't know what's in a particular image. So for example, in the nineties, there was that picture of Bill Clinton, you know, talking to Monica Lewinsky on a rope line outside of the white house Okay. Which was a nothing photo and probably got lost in whatever it is. And then when all this stuff happened, people went back and go, oh, look what's actually, what, look what we actually have on film. Now, would that have gotten deleted nowadays? Like, oh, it's just Tim talking to some random brunette girl. You see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the, there is sort of like a, a, a question. Now, for the kind of stuff that I do, this is, that's a stupid thing, you know? Although sometimes I'll keep pictures that are, um, They're zero stars because there's nothing I'm ever going to do with them, but I do want to keep them. So I'll open up zero stars and every once in a while I'll, I'll give a few of them one star or don't delete them. Things like, um, an out of focus setup picture before the shoot, you know, that I took at some studio or whatever it is, just because it reminds me of what it was like to be in that studio on that day, Mm -hmm. you know, like stuff like that or, or test pictures of assistance, you know, like (laughs) silly stuff like that. I'll keep, um, that wouldn't, weren't, weren't, useful for the project but are useful just for fun you know or memories kind of stuff so i'll do that every once in a while
0: but you don't give them a star rating
1: well i i will end up yeah either i either i'll go in and i'll say oh you know what i do want to keep that one in that one or or oh look it's a picture of a gritty wall and i didn't need it for this project but that could be useful later for something else you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. um so, yeah, uh, and every once in a while, I'll go back to a shoot and I'll be like, I know I took a lot of pictures. And then I'll look back and I realize I only kept 18 of them because I threw the rest out to save space. And I'll be like, oh, I wish I could have kept seen some of those stupid outtakes just because they were stupid. So I'm I'm a little more careful nowadays. I'll delete a lot of stuff, but I'll my, I'll be a little more liberal on my one stars just because, you know, for posterity's sake. Sure. You know but I'm not definitely not what like my entire collection of all images that I have and have kept and everything I could fit on four terabytes. You know, I don't have a lot of stuff. Um, some people, man, they go through a terabyte drive a week, you know, and they've got like archives of, of like VHS tapes in, in cases, but they're all hard drives, you know? Right. Which I don't. then uh, photographers again, and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. I, that That's, that's foreign to me at the moment because yeah. I don't, I don't, make that many photographs
1: yeah and you know what And event guys too like there's no real reason for them to shoot raw all the time you know or that kind of thing or they'll sometimes i'll stuff that i know i want to keep but i don't want to waste all the space i'll convert to jpeg and delete the raw Mm -hmm. you know oh this is just some extra stuff that i shot that day that's just silly and i want to keep it well i don't need the raw image of that you know so every once in a while i'll go back so a lot of the stuff in say 365 portraits back in the day I think I, I converted a bunch of the outtakes that I wanted to keep. I converted everything except for the final pictures to JPEG. But I sometimes I regret that. So, you
0: know, well, I don't know you, you right. have said in in I think you know, a few shows ago that you keep your final edited files. You convert them to JPEG and send them up into Dropbox. Yeah, Dropbox. Do you do anything like that with with the original RAW or DNG file? No. No,
1: Um, Because, I mean, ultimately when I'm done, I I mean, the the amount of times that I actually need to go back to a raw file and re-edit it from scratch, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's happened twice or three times, but the raw file's there. I don't need to back it up. You know, if my house burns down, I'm not really worried that I lost the PSD of a picture of Malcolm Gladwell. As long as I have a really nice 85% out of 100 JPEG full res of the file, that's all that's really important you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the final thing is there um yeah i don't use flags and i don't one of the reasons i don't use flags and colors all that much i use colors sometimes if i have a shoot and say i edited it down to like 15 pictures and the client comes in and says i want this one and this one I'll mark those as red because like all of them will be final images, but these are the ones that
0: they chose. Well, it's it's sort of the the red grease pencil from contact sheet days. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll I'll
1: use it for that. And now if I lose my the nice thing about my whole structure is that if my Lightroom file gets corrupt, I don't really care because everything's in the files. Oh, which is one thing that you need to do in Lightroom. You need to go in to catalog settings file a uh, uh, metadata and say automatically write changes to XMP. Do you ever, okay. do you know that checkbox? No. Okay. So if you, if, from what I understand, if you don't have that checkbox checked, metadata, like star ratings and all that kind of stuff is kept in the Lightroom library, not kept in the D not kept in the files, either in the sidecar or the DNG itself. So if you if you if your Lightroom gets lost or corrupt or something like that, all that information is gone. Where if you check this, it slows things down a little bit because it has to write all this stuff back all the time. But it means that all that metadata is inside the raw files. So if you ever lose your Lightroom library, it doesn't matter. Because well, almost ninety nine percent of your data is in all the files anyway. It's not writing it. It's
0: only writing the changes, right? It's not writing to to the catalog every time you exit the application or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, right, right, right. No, no, no. But it, but it, but like as you're like loading a, a folder or whatever it is, I think it like takes a little longer to do like certain things. That's what they say, which okay. is why they don't have it turned on all the time. But I turn it on all the time because that means that my, say, my star ratings and the the raw settings and all that kind of stuff are all inside the DNG kept there, you know?
0: Okay. Now, okay. Just take me through this. I'm in. It, I'm in Lightroom right now. We're doing this. Okay. Yep. Live on the show. Uh, uh, so under
1: file handling, n- uh, yeah, no, catalog settings. Uh, it's under metadata. There's automatically write changes to XMP. Third thing down. See it? No. You're in catalog settings. No. Okay. Where are you? Uh, you just, don't want to be it- in regular preferences. It's called catalog settings. It's 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 based upon. Uh, it's ah, okay. Yeah. It's each catalog does it differently. And then instead of metadata, the automatically write changes to XMP. Ah, okay. And that'll, that'll then write, uh, stuff that you do to the, to the DNG itself so that the DNG has four stars and it's not just in your Lightroom thing. So if I ever lost my Lightroom catalog, I just import all my folders back in and they're all in a structure that if I, Still had to get to anything. I go into people, I go into Dan Curry and I find the image. I don't need my Lightroom thing to find stuff. Interesting, okay. Um, and I can just dump all these back into a new Lightroom folder and all the data is still there. Now, all you, of that data is you there. lose, okay. I think you lose like virtual copies, you know, if you like mm-hmm. make multiple virtual copies and that kind of stuff. But most, of, you know, 90% of everything is, is is sort of backed up. So that's why I do that.
0: And I can't imagine that, I mean, unless you're doing a huge volume of images that you're going to take the performance, an appreciable hit. performance. No, hit. No, in yeah. fact,
1: I think I really, I personally think that that should be turned on all the time. It's safer for everybody. You know, that's the smart thing to do. Um, so when I decide that I'm going to work on the images, I load them up in, um, in, I open them up in Photoshop. If there are things that I actually have to retouch. Right. Mm-hmm. Now here's the weird thing. Photoshop's default file format is PSD. Photoshop document has been for whatever you know twenty years now. Um, however, Lightroom defaults to opening new files in Photoshop as TIFFs. Right. And I never quite understood why that was. In fact, I went back and forth with John Knack a little bit, the guy who runs Photoshop. I was like, why is that? <laughs> and I said, is there any, do you lose anything by not doing stuff as PSD? and doing it as tiff and he said no that pretty much everything is in there and the one of the advantages of tiff is that uh you can do it uncompressed which some of some of the time the the thing that takes the longest when saving a file in photoshop is actually compressing the file before it saves because it's a single threaded uh part of photoshop right so it needs to, it does, because PSDs have compression built in, like, you know, zip compression kind of, lossless compression built in. So it's compressing all the data in all the layers, and then it saves it to disk, and that takes a long time. So even though the final thing to disk might be, say, 500 megs, it might take longer than if you saved an uncompressed TIFF that ended up being one and a half gigs, because the compression takes longer than the writing out the uncompressed data. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So for a while there in say the older versions of Photoshop, the main bottleneck that I had when working, the only bottleneck I really had when working was saving these giant files to disk every once in a while, you know, you hit command S and you save it. And in older versions of Photoshop, that was a modal thing. So it was said saving and it
0: right. And you couldn't do anything. Go get
1: a cup of coffee cuz it's going to take 45 seconds to save the thing. And that drove me nuts because I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. Okay, save it so I don't lose anything, and I'm in the I'm in the flow, and I gotta wait for 30 seconds for it to save. You know, it drove me nuts. Um, so I ended up switching from PSD because it took so long to do the compression to uncompressed TIFFs because then it could write. I had a RAID array and it would write faster to the disk and it would save the TIFFs in half the time that it was saved the PSDs, even though they were a lot bigger. So you you took a lot. You took a hit on drive space but it was faster to save, right? This is this right. is this is the thinking. Um however now they changed um Photoshop CS6 now does saving in the background. So you can say control, you know, command S and you can keep working and it's saving what you saved in the background as you're still working. So it's sort of a moot point. I really should switch back to PSD now. Now, some of my files get too big. They end up becoming more than two gigabytes, right? A PSD, you can't make a PSD more than two gigs. You can make a TIFF file up to four gigs. And if you want to go bigger than that, you need to use a PSB file, which is a Photoshop big document format that Adobe added a few years ago. The problem is Lightroom doesn't see PSBs. Wh- right. Which like, is a well, really I'm, stupid oversight to me. It's
0: like, it's doesn't your it see format. Them- doesn't it see them if they're inside? Cause PSB is also a f- the file format for smart objects.
1: Uh, okay. Uh, is it, it doesn't like, if you save a big thing as a PSB, it's not in your Lightroom library, mm-hmm. which if that's my final version of some picture and it doesn't show up next to the raw file in my Lightroom library, then that's kind of useless. I have to remember that that project had to use a PSB cause it was too big. You know, that's annoying. Right. Um, so lately I've gotten to the point like that picture of Dave Hill a few weeks ago, that thing ended up bumping its head against four gigabyte file size as a TIFF. And, uh, so every once in a while, like it would say, I can't save it. It's over four gigabytes. And it's like, Ugh. and so I'd have to go flatten a few layers that I'm like, eh, you know, I would have rather kept separate, but it's like, I'm never going to deal with those two shadows separately again. Okay. Flatten those. Right. You know, delete this thing that I know I'm, that I had as a backup that I know I don't really need because I've moved past it or whatever. But I hate the idea that I have to do that just for file size stuff. If they added PSB as like a document format that you could use all the time, they really should. Or they should update PSD to be able to use as big as they want. You know, that kind of thing. So file formats are, are annoying. The other thing I do is I, I do everything in 16-bit. So that doubles the file size of all my stuff. So each color channel, each RGB is actually 16 bits deep as opposed to eight bit deep. And the reason I do that is because I, well, I'm working from the raw file. So if I go down to eight bit, the raw files are giving me 12 to 14 bits of data. So I don't want to throw away all that data because I do a lot of curves and that kind of stuff inside of of Photoshop. And I don't want to throw out all the source data that it's working on. So I'll do everything at 16-bit so that I can pull up curves and pull up shadows or pull back highlights and, you know, that kind of stuff. I could, they're sure. more malleable when you have more data. And um, so that doubles the size of my files, too. So, you know, it's a, I, I make certain concessions. But I, I use uncompressed TIFFs at 16-bit currently. That's sort of the file format that is my final stuff. Um, plus, you know, TIFFs, it's a nice open format, right? It's not PSD, which I don't think Photoshop documents are going anywhere. But, hey, why not think towards the future 50 years from now, you'll probably be open to open a TIFF, you know, and you think PSDs are going to go away. Well, I, I don't know where Adobe's going to be 50 years from now, but a TIFF is a format that a lot of people use, you know, and it's, it's, it's a standard. I think that it's, you know, it's an open standard. It's documented. So somebody could write a thing that read that file format based on the documented standard. Sure. Uh, I don't know that PSD is actually a documented standard. That's a good question. Um, So yeah, I'm nerdy that way. Uh, And then finally, I, like you said, I generally export uh, a full res thing and drop it in my Dropbox so that I have... Post-editing though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm done, done. And every once in a while, I'll go back to an image and do it again and I'll be like, oh, shoot, I got to export it again, you know. And I've actually been really bad about that. There are some times when I'm like, uh, I'll, I'll look through stuff that's in my final images folder and I'll be like, wow, there's a lot of stuff missing from here. Cause mm-hmm. when I was working on it, I forgot to do the last step of exporting it over there. So when you when, when I'm done with the image, like I just get lazy, you know, I export, it, I stick it up on my website or I send it to the client and then I never actually put it up to Dropbox. When so,
0: you do spit them out to Dropbox, that final JPEG. Yeah uh, what's the DPI PPI setting that you're using?
1: Oh, well, 300 DPI, but I mean, really it doesn't, the DPI doesn't really matter as long as it's the full res of the file. Right. Right. Um,
0: but that's a, that's another kind of misconception. That's, you know what, that's another, that's another discussion.
1: Oh, well th- that goes back to that post that I wrote, how people don't know anything about file formats. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it what the other annoying thing is that lightroom defaults to 240 dpi. Yeah, why Man, is that? I, I've I never I've never understood that. Drives me nuts. Where the 240 comes yeah, from? Cuz everyone wants 300. Even if they don't know why they want 300, they want 300, so right. just make the standard 300 and we'll go from there. Um Yeah, so it's it's so I like Lightroom because you can go back and forth with Photoshop really easily. Uh but I'm always opening the original in Photoshop. I'm not like, you know, open the Lightroom version. You know that you can do that kind of stuff too. Right. Although every once in a while, it's like I want to make a secondary version of this that's flattened. And I want to play with it for, I don't know, I'm talking at a, I need, I'm giving it for a talk. So I need to mess around with the flattened version. I'll do, I'll do that. But it's very rare. Does that make sense? Sure. So uh, right now, and then as we said in our backup stuff, it's like all that information is on a two drive RAID 0. But then I back it up to a single drive. And then every once in a while, I back up that back up to another single drive. So I'm never more than like a week or two. You know, everything's at least on two drives. Most stuff's on three drives more than a week back. You know, that kind of thing. The problem is, is that what do you do? You have two terabytes of stuff. What are you going to back that up to? I can't back that up to the cloud. No, it'll take a month. I'm not. I can't back it up to optical disks. Like, where the heck am I going to get, you know, terabytes of optical disks? Um, has, has this workflow for
0: you, th- your current iteration, is this, is this, uh, a work in progress? Is this the way you've done it since the beginning? Is the it the way I've done it for now? a few years?
1: Um, I mean, every once in a while, little things change. Like I went from PSD to using TIFFs and, you know, um, a couple of years ago I started putting everything up on Dropbox. So, you know, you it's, it's, or your naming convention, you know, Oh, maybe originally I did the dates the opposite way because it seems I didn't realize at the time that it's better to do it the other way. Cause then I'll be able to do searches for just the year by looking up the 13 in the beginning or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it's, it, I think that any workflow that you come up with is not going to stay permanent forever. You know, nothing, nothing's going to not change everything. No, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Nothing's going to, yeah, everything's gonna, going it's, to, change. it's going to keep changing. It's going to keep evolving and you know you're gonna have to deal with that you know and as my files also get a lot bigger now because you know you're working with a 22 megapixel camera and then you're working at 16 bits and you've got 20 layers and you've got adjustment layers and you've got you know these things just keep ballooning bigger and bigger and bigger Um, i know
0: i'm trying to do more in uh, in lightroom now I know I'm trying to do more of the of the global edits and even even some of the local edits, but I know I'm trying to do more in lightroom so I don't have to go to photoshop as often
1: yep and I think that that i mean if if you are working as if you worked in the dark room back in the day, I think you should be able to do most of your stuff in lightroom
0: mm mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know I mean because if you're Look, you're changing shadow and contrast and doing a little bit of dodging and burning and, you know, that all can be done in Lightroom. I sure. just don't find the local adjustment tools very refined in Lightroom. Like it's it's I feel like even when I'm using a tablet, I feel like I'm editing with a mouse,
0: <laughs> you know, and you don't you 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 feel that there's a greater precision
1: oh God, in, yeah. in yeah. Photoshop. Yeah. Then you're down to pixels. You know, you're not editing pixel stuff in Lightroom. You're like, oh, I want to lighten up this area a little bit on her face. So you get a brush and you go up a half a stop and you kind of mash around on her face a little bit, you know, but well, I never I th- feel like it's it's accurate. I think with
0: with any of these tools, with with Capture One, with with Lightroom, they are more of an approximation of, of what it was like in the darkroom in that respect. Yep. Yeah and I think maybe that's a good thing. I, I, the other, the other reason that I'm trying to do more in, in Lightroom and, and maybe capture one, I don't even know. I have I, I haven't decided yet. Um, is, is to take me out of looking at things at
1: 300%. Okay. Right.
0: I, I don't, I spent a lot of time at 300% and that's not the way I want to see my images. That's not the way I want to see my photographs.
1: No. And, and, and that, is entirely dependent on the kind of photos you take. The kind of stuff I do, I have to look at it 100%. Right. You know, at times. I mean, I have to go in and retouch hair and blah, 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 you know, that crap. But if you're taking street photography or your travel photography, that kind of stuff, I mean, you're looking at the picture. You want to look at it like it's on a light box on a table, not like it's, you know, you're not you're not looking at it through a microscope. Um, The problem is that the market has pushed us in the way that everything has to be. I mean, at that class I was speaking at yesterday, um, Eli was talking about how the guy who teaches the class friend of mine uh, was saying how nowadays when you can replace say, Oh, I don't like the guy's face in this take, but I liked his body in that one. You could, you know, take his face and stick it on the other guy's face and, and, and do these hodgepodge. The problem is now with art directors, they get too much power and they think, oh, I can change the left hand and a right hand from a different one and his torso right. from a different one. It's like, yeah. OK, this is Franken stuff like and, slow and your, down.
0: your project ends up on Photoshop dot com.
1: Exactly. Because they push it too far. So, you know, there's there's but there's this requirement that things have to be perfect nowadays or 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 uh, a, a belief that things need to be perfect nowadays. And sometimes it's adding the things that aren't perfect that make it look more real, you know. Um, Well,
0: some of the most, come on, some of the most iconic photographs in history are far from perfect. mm -hmm. And, and, you know, we don't lament, you know, perpictual sharpness of Ache's photos.
1: No, no. I, um. Well, uh, you might. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I saw some last week, uh, to get off this for a minute. I, I, I went and saw that, uh, photo art dealer print association dealer. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 You, that you thing were, I went to,
0: yeah. I, I love that. Uh, Bill sends me, Bill, Bill text messages me, uh, one of the, one of the info cards and, uh, you know, $95,000 print.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, just crazy, crazy stuff. There were original h a album imprints. There were, you know, the, the, uh, uh, original, carte Bresson stuff you say rubber, original fox talbots as well original fox talbot prints. What? original daguerre daguerreotypes i mean just stuff that was just outrageously rare um was all just in this room for you to look at and and you know and and conrad said she was just like you know we walk into one of these booths and they all look at us like oh you know oh you're you're looking at this stuff you know right and it's like how do you know man you don't know anything about me i could yeah. be a dot com millionaire yeah and say Instead i want everything you in you this booth. booth are you looking for the snack bar exactly yeah <laughs> um but you know and it was expensive it was like 30 dollars a head just to go in and like look through all these pictures and i wasn't actually buying anything i don't have that kind of money but it was just kind of nice seeing all this stuff in one place at one time was pretty amazing
0: I I tend to get very overwhelmed. I'm good for about an hour
1: or so. And that's what it is. We, you know, we went, just went right past stuff that was, you know, like, okay, I'm not interested in that. I can't look at that. But then you walk by something and there's a Julia Margaret Cameron print on the one. You're like, oh, that's, that's the original, that thing that I have in a book. There's, you know, an original print by her hand. Right. Original Ansel Adams prints, you know, like stuff that was just sort of mind-blowingly cool. Um, anyway, it was just, it was just really, really neat. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that some other time. Hey, uh, we should talk about Shutterstock. What do you say? We should talk about Shutterstock.
0: Because they've got, they've got 50
1: photos, vectors. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jeffrey, I'm, I'm sorry, but, uh, I think that there's more than 50 photos, uh, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Okay, a hundred. They've, you know,
0: they've, they've, they've expanded their server. They've got a hundred now.
1: No, 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 no. There's, there's twenty. Twenty. Oh no, no, no. Twenty million. Twenty million. Twenty million. And they're adding tens of thousands all the time. So somewhere a Shutterstock rep is just shaking his head, going, the, "Idiots! <laughs> you guys are idiots." Hey, they they add t- ten thousand pictures a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so look, the, the, start your search at shutterstock.com. You can find that perfect image for your website, ad publication or other creative project. Uh, we're great fans of theirs. Cause you can go buy a, a, a source image for one of your composites. Here, hit uh, me. What okay. Do you got? Um, 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 orange juice, orange juice. What
0: do you orange got? Orange juice. Uh, ugh, drawing a blank. Oh, I'm sorry. No, there are
1: 89,406 <laughs> results for orange juice. Okay. This is what we're talking about. So you're doing a composite and you need a glass of orange juice. You can go search there and for 19 bucks, you can buy a glass of orange juice. Um, they even have these, like,
0: have you seen those commercials where they're like, like the, the, the piece of the fruit will go flying through the juice and
1: they even have those. I met the girl who did that kind of stuff once, but we'll have to talk about that some other time. That did the orange juice splashes? Yeah, she does a lot of that stuff. And I went to see her give a talk on it, like a workshop talk. And and she was showing off, like, I don't know what it was, brawn color lights or whatever it is for something at some photo thing. And I was like, oh, look, I wonder if there's, like, real tricks to how to do it. And then she was taking it exactly the same way that you and I would do it if we were trying to do it, which is for one of us to hold the fruit, one of us to hold the camera, and the other one goes, one, two, three. <laughs> okay, throw it. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what it was. And I was like, really? You don't have anything better than that? There's no, like, fancy nice. trigger system? or You're thinking there's this whole process, and it's like, nope. Yep, no, nope. It's, just, it's just lazy. Anyway, um, Look, you can go to shutterstock.com, they have everything. And and not only can you get single images, you can go subscribe, right? Yes.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're running a, a you know, a business where you need a lot of images, don't don't buy them a la carte. You know, you can sign up for a, a month or 3 months or even a year. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, the more you sign up just like anything else. You sign up for a year, it's going to yeah. be 20% over the cost of, or under the cost of 3 months or whatever. Right. Uh, but then you're getting 25 yes. images a day, you're getting video, you're getting clips, you know, it's yeah.
1: it's, yeah. Yeah, $199 a month if you buy a year, and you can get 25 images a day. So let's say you're running, I don't know, The Verge, and, and you need pictures all the time. You think, Josh, is that where he gets his stuff? I I should hope so. Topolsky's a smart guy. He does all kinds of stuff like that. Um, the other cool thing is that there's, there's, there's a light, an iPad app. So you can go like set up light boxes so you can curate and share pictures between light boxes. So you're showing something to somebody, you know, you say, Oh, what do you think of this one? And that kind of stuff. You could pass it back and forth. You can also
0: awesome for working with clients, by the
1: way. Yeah. And you can get enhanced license access. So if you want to take an image and like run it and print it on swag, that kind of thing, you can go get that and they'll make that happen. Uh, and the cool thing, I mean, look, we're all photographers here, so do we need photos all the time? Well, maybe for a composite, something like that, but most like other stuff for your website, you know you're designing something, you need like icons or 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 uh, vector stuff like like arrows and that kind of stuff, all kinds of crazy yes. stuff. they've got all that kind of stuff, infographic templates, which I still need to make an infographic someday.
0: Yeah. If you if you just from their homepage, if you search or just click on vintage and you've got like stock photos and and vector art. Yeah. You know, all these little flourishes that are just impossibly complicated to to draw by hand. Yeah. Uh,
1: Like let's say you're making a a, a movie and and it's on the Columbia River, some river out west. Right. And you need like that nice like morning uh, dawn river shot video clip. I bet you there's like 10 of those or two. There's got to be at least two of those. Uh, uh, hold on.
0: <laughs> we need
1: to get you a louder keyboard. One of the, yeah. One of those old school.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here, okay. Here's one right here. Yeah. Here, here is uh honest to God. Dawn shot, uh, paddling with a
1: canoe. Uh, yeah, perfect. It's like the, 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 they got everything. You don't need to go out there and shoot it. Just get it from Shutterstock. Um, it's good stuff. And 24 hour support during the week. So it's Thursday night and you're, it's freaking out because the client needs something in the morning and you have a problem with something, call them up. They'll take care of you. Good stuff. Uh, so, but right now you can sign up for a free browse account, go to shutterstock.com. You don't need a credit card or anything like that. Uh, and when you decide to purchase, use the offer code pictures Four, and you'll get 30% off your package, any package. But, uh, we are big fans of shutterstock and we thank them very much for their support of on taking pictures and five by five. Good. Good. Uh, where do you hey, want to go from here? You know,
0: you, you said just a moment ago that you didn't, you didn't have to shoot video and you don't, but if, if, if you, you were do going to, shoot, to, if you were going to shoot video, video man, get, do you have some nice toys to play with recently? They
1: get all the toys. This How did use, that happen?
0: The, yeah. I mean, we were talking yesterday about the, uh, the new stuff, particularly from black magic, which is just amazing.
1: Well, you know, Claude was over here of the show claude was over here the other day and he started showing me that crazy gimbal system thing yeah this thing free free wheel free free something or other yeah so basically it's like they've got spinning gyros on this thing so you can you can hold on to it and it keeps the camera pointed where it's pointed um and you can like they have a guy on rollerblades and, 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 and skating down the street with it and then having the shot go into the cab and then pull away from the cab after it's it's just insane stuff that you could do with this yeah. thing. Uh, as he was saying, you know, it's scaring the hell out of all the people who are Steadicam operators in L.A. Yeah, because it's literally it could put them out of business. I mean, and the well, reason was, is that back in the day you needed this big giant rig because the cameras were big and giant and heavy. Right. Uh, nowadays, especially after yesterday's Blackmagic announcement. Yeah. Screw those guys. Yeah. Uh, well this thing,
0: look movie is what it's called. M O V I. And if you haven't seen the the little demo video, maybe we can put a link to it in, uh, in the show notes. But I mean, you're, you're having there, you're having the ability now to hand this rig off mid shot from one operator to another to extend your shot. And it's seamless.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I think it's movie. Is it movie? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Movie, but go
0: ahead. Anyway uh yeah because why would something related to video be called movie
1: well yeah you're a wise anyway. guy, you know that <laughs> go ahead <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean it's amazing and now you, like you said you 've got this little the, the now that thing costs fifteen thousand dollars though this gimbal thing sure
0: yeah you're you, you know you 're not going to buy this of just messing around on the no. weekends or shooting your kid's soccer game
1: but if you're let's say you're let's say you're do, making a movie you 're making a movie. You, you you know, you're walking down the street, you're making a movie.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm filming. Yeah. I'm filming here. Uh, the, okay, new Blackmagic camera, 1080p, ProRes 422, uh, soon-to-be DNG RAW, to SD cards, almost the size of an iPhone, hooks up to four-thirds mount, so you can hook up any four-thirds lenses or... Get adapters and put in Cine lenses, like PL lenses and stuff. Nine hundred and ninety-five dollars for the body. Yeah, that's insane. Why would anyone buy a digital SLR to do video nowadays? If
0: yeah, if that's all you're doing.
1: Yeah, if you're making short movies, that's what you buy because that's going to give you better video than a digital SLR. It's got it's got more dynamic range.
0: Yeah, what are they? It's Super sixteen, and what yeah. are they saying? Thirteen, 13 stops, stops, range? stops. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and then if you're shooting it in raw, then you can bring it into resolve. And, and as long as you have a honking video card, run the stuff in real time. It's just, it's just, it's just insane. The stuff that these people are doing, insane. you know, I,
0: I gotta say, I, I like the UI on the camera.
1: Yeah. Although I mean, I played with one of the black magic Cine cameras, the 2.5 2. K ones. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, 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 the menu system was good. It's just that it was, it was really buggy firmware when I, when I played with it one time.
0: Ah, okay. Um,
1: but um but i think that they'll have that hammered out you know but if i was going to be a if i was going to make short films like if this summer i decided i'm going to start making short films which i'm considering doing uh i would totally get one of those yeah you know like well, look, they, I mean, get they, two or three got, of them
0: they've got you covered and that, th- i think they're they're doing something kind of amazing um they've got the 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 pocket cinema camera which is 999 yep. and then they've got the 2.5k at 29 and then now they've got the new 4K at 39.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 4K straight to ProRes for $4,000. That's insane. Uh the the Canon one that does uh it's kind of like a motion JPEG compression kind of thing I think. Uh is 12K. Is, it, is this the one that Claude was playing with? The one what is it 1DC? The 1DC is, that what, that is what Claude 1DC. used on his last project, yeah. And he loves it. But that's, but that's 12 grand. I wonder if, if this black magic camera is, you know, $4,000 and does 4k, <sighs> mm-hmm. I mean, this stuff, it's just, I guess my point in bringing this all up, look, we're not, a, we're not a, we're not a video show and I'm, I'm, you know, we don't talk about a gear a lot on this show, but I am, I'm a, spin I, off. I I'm a gear whore. I admit it. Like, I, I think that this is cool from a, like a, Ooh, I want it kind of neatness factor. What sure. would I do with any of this stuff? Well, I'm not a movie guy, so, you know, nothing. But it does make me jealous because I feel like the movie industry is getting toys. They're they're improving the way still photography improved four or five years ago. And I think still photography has sort of plateaued in the past four or five years. If you, Do have, you think it's a waiting game, you think you think there's something on the horizon or or I think it's all so good that you don't really need much better. You know, okay. okay. I mean, would I like more dynamic range? Yeah, sure. You know, um, am I clamoring for more dynamic range? Is it holding me back? No. Um, so so there's there's this sort of right now, though, these video guys are getting tools that they never would have had access to before. You know, mm-hmm. which is just really, really neat for them. Now, here's the thing. Okay, yeah, you have a, a remote control helicopter that has a gimbaled camera system on it, and you can fly it around people and all this kind of stuff. Okay, what's the movie about? Sure, it's it a demo back to narrative, right? Yeah. That's that's. A, and what are you going to have every single shot be some guy on rollerblades? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is st- it's still going to be special effects stuff, right? You can't have an entire movie where the camera's moving, flying behind people and going around them in circles. Like you'll just, you'll make everyone vomit in the theater. No, but if you
0: can invest, even as an indie filmmaker, if you can invest in one system that gives you that ability, if you only
1: had one shot. That's right. <laughs> dun,
0: dun, 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 dun. Okay. We got to stop. Can't do it. <laughs> Eminem listens to the show, man. He's going to get pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can, you know, look, chances are you, you've got, as, as an indie filmmaker, a lot of indie filmmakers have been using the, the Panasonic GH2 and, G, and maybe even the GH3. So you, you may have this stable of four-thirds lenses already. Right. So now for a grand, you can, you can get this ProRes 422 format and you don't have to go out and buy new glass. You've got consistency from shot to shot.
1: Um it's very exciting oh, as a okay. filmmaker. It's crazy. And I mean just the the quality that you would be getting for a couple grand mm-hmm. is even better than the quality they were getting a couple of years ago and that's saying something, right? And sure. a smaller sensor in video actually has some advantages cuz you don't always want crazy short depth of field. You know. Uh in in photography it's like you have more you have more to work with but it cuz you can you could change all kinds of stuff you can do slower shutter speeds or faster shutter speeds. you have more control, but in video your your shutter speed is more locked down so you're more stuck with aperture and ISO and that kind of stuff so if you have people moving and you and and, and you've got to pull focus and that kind of thing, you don't want to be at f two you know right right, especially on a thirty five millimeter full frame thing now it's great when you're trying to make things look like movies from fifty years ago and you want that control, which is fantastic but a lot of times you just want a little more depth of field. So not everything's out of focus all the time, you know?
0: Yeah. I I'd, I'd really like to see one of these little things. I don't think they ship until July. Yeah. Either late June, early July, something like that. You know, but I'd I, love to see one.
1: Speaking of, uh, my, my trouble with, um, our workflow stuff, I, you know, my monitor is dying. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wrote a post on, on my blog on, on pictures.com sort of a, uh, monitors for photography, a primer. That's, that's what it was called. And because a lot of people don't really know all the stuff that I talk about, you know, talking about TN panels and IPS panels and you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and why internal lookup tables are better and why certain things cost a lot and why it's important to have a colorimeter and profiling and, so, I tried to write a little post that sort of encapsulates all that stuff in one place, so I'll put that in the show notes uh but but the reason why I bring this up is because I need a new monitor my my thirty inch n e c is dying it's dying it's yeah. it's it's got a it's got a mortal wound thumb, on thumb. it um, thumb, thumb. Thumb, thumb. the problem I'm having is that i have this i have this one pixel w- of 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 one pixel wide vertical line of blue. Pixels that is dead, so I end up getting this yellow line about two thirds of the way across my screen, straight down the middle. Uh, well, and
0: you, you've you called tech support, and and they've pretty much <sighs> confirmed you, your panel's starting to go. Yeah,
1: they said that that's almost always a, a panel problem. The problem is that my my monitor's just out of warranty. I've had it for four years, so it's one of these things where the the warrant out of warranty repair would cost almost as much as a new monitor. So why am I fixing this old monitor? That's right. You know, otherwise getting old, you know. Um, but the problem I'm having is that I, I don't want to go. This gets back to this new fancy video gear. I don't want to go buy a new monitor now, which have been stuck at 2560 by whatever. Say 1600 for this one for the last since 2005, 2006 right. or something. It's like these things have been out forever. Um, I want to. I, when are they going up to 38 and change or 4K? Well, look, it's going to happen in the next it's couple of years.
0: Soon. I think it's yeah. going to happen sooner than that. Sony just announced 4K televisions right. that'll be out next
1: month. LG announced a 4K monitor, but it's twenty grand or ten grand. Yeah. And you know what? It's ten grand now. It's not going to be two grand next year. It'll be two grand in two or three years. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of like okay, you know what? Whatever monitor I get, I'm going to use for at least two years until they go to higher res, sort of a high DPI, so called retina, which I hate the term because it's Apple trying to like put their own label on something that has already had a name called high DPI. Um, they're going to come out with these high res displays in the future. It's like, and I'm pissed cause I know it's not going to be four years out and I got four no. years out of this monitor. So I feel like I'm buying a new monitor. I kind of wanted this one to last for another year or two so I could just, you know what, what, I mean? what do
0: you think we'll get? Do you think we'll get high DPI screens more readily available in larger formats? Or do you think we'll get more pixels or both?
1: Um, I think we're going to get screens that are, I think that LG is a 32 inch display. That's 4k, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but you know what? The average person doesn't want that. The average person's right. not going to use that. That's this is, this is for people like me or people like Claude or, you know, like people who are making stuff right. and are really anal about it. You know, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spend five thousand dollars on a monitor. The ones I've been looking at to replace this is a thirty inch NEC. I was mm-hmm. gonna, the new thirty inch is the current one, which have been out for a couple of years too, which is like, are they gonna replace those soon? Um with I don't know, LED backlights or something. Uh are eighteen hundred bucks for the Spectre View at B and H, which is like, okay. These the this the twenty-seven inch, which just loses a couple hundred pixels at the bottom, 150 pixels, is uh fourteen you know which is these are all fantastic monitors however iso uh, has this monitor the 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 276w i sent you a link to this thing yeah you did oh that video is so sexy
0: it's yeah i mean if it, look if there can be camera porn this is this is
1: monitor sc- porn sc-
0: screen porn yeah i mean it, f- from from not only the 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 sculptural design of the thing but the built-in uh, colorimeter that pops up out of the bezel, yeah, it, and then retracts back into the bezel, it's yeah. amazing.
1: Yeah, it's it's sexy as all get up. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the promo video in the uh, in the show notes just because we're, we're talking about that. There's like a minute in. There's this shot of it from the side where it's like cantilevered and it looks like it looks like sculpture. It's just mm-hmm. beautiful. Uh, but it's twenty. It's twenty. I don't have $2,600 not to spend on a monitor, you know, especially one that's going to get replaced in two years. If I knew I was going to have this monitor for five years. All right. It's $500 a year, a buck and a half a day. But you see what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you're, you're
0: at that point where the technology is, is on the verge of changing. Yeah. And do you want to be in the last generation or do you want to just wait and, you know, see what right. happens. The other side of it is, you know, you, I think you've got to do something because this is kind of driving you crazy,
1: right? Yeah, this vertical line is crazy. It, it's like right there, right now, it's not on the screen. But it. if I turn off the monitor and turn it on again, sometimes it's there. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it just shows up while I'm sitting here. It's intermittent, and that's what's so frustrating about it. There's nothing worse than intermittent problems. Yeah. Just give me the problem or not, you know? drives me nuts. Um, so what's this Vimeo thing you got in here?
0: Um, okay. It's kind of a piggyback on, on the, the film and video people getting some really amazing tools. And it's just this idea of, of distribution, uh, of, of your project. If you're a filmmaker, you know, you and I have, have, uh, been fortunate enough to, to watch some cool movies. We, we were sent a Vimeo link from, Shh. uh, Huh? wait, <laughs> go <ahead. laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, who directed the, the Gregory Crudson brief encounters film, which was brilliant. Yep. Uh, and Tomas who directed the, uh, the, the Saul Leiter film. I, I just think it's amazing that, that you don't have to go to a master tape or, or have a DVD burned that we're in this this mode as a filmmaker that in addition to photography, that you can get your product out in front of people virtually immediately. Yeah. And and, and at they high can, quality. Yeah, and at high quality. That's the thing. I mean, you know, we're not watching a YouTube, you know, 320p version of these films. We're watching them in 1080p. Yep. Uh and and I, I just think it's amazing. And I and yeah. you know, big thank you to both of those guys for for allowing us to see their projects. But um I, I I don't know. I, it just kind of through the projector too. Like at my house, it's amazing. It's like you're an oh, movie sure. theater. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. And it, it, it's just such a fantastic time for. I, I, I know we we don't talk about the, the sort of ancillary benefits of gear, but this is definitely one of them. Is is it's such a great time to to be. A creator of media whether it's it's film or or photography you just you've got so many options to get your work out there in front of people and and i i'm i'm actually just really thrilled to be a part of it
1: again where video people are getting all the good stuff lately it's almost (laughs) like video like stills have just been passed by jeffrey is that is that it i don't know i go back and forth I, I love stills and I would prefer to work on stills. I wonder if the world is getting bored of stills. If stills are too commonplace. Uh it's almost as if like you you still need skill to pull off good video. Where nowadays you can put your camera in manual and get pretty good pictures or in, in auto and get pretty good pictures not knowing anything about photography.
0: Uh that's another discussion. Okay. I think it's a good discussion to have, but it is, I think it is another
1: discussion. Okay. We, we can discuss that some other time. Hey, uh, one other thing that I put in here before we get to our photographer of the week is uh, this thing I found where this photographer shot this woman in paper dresses. Did you I'm see I'm looking this? at
0: these. They're amazing. Aren't they cool? Yeah, they're really, really cool. And they,
1: they, it almost looks, it's all of it is very sort of Avedon. Yeah. You know, it's got that. Early sort, Avedon. Very yeah.
0: early. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think there's some amazing stuff in there.
0: Yeah. Now, are they, when, when,
1: who are these? When were these done? I think fairly recently. Yeah, they look like they're out of the 40s and 50s. They're beautiful. and the, Although that model needs to eat a sandwich. <laughs> you disagree? <laughs> it's, it's funny. That's... Like, okay, look at the picture of her, like the second to the last one where she's kind of bent over profile, which is really cool. She's just got the skirt on. She's topless, but she's got that oh, skirt yeah, yeah. on. Oh, See, yeah. She needs some food. Yeah, that's very sculptural. Oh, it's beautiful. They're beautiful pictures, mm-hmm. but they're insane. Yeah, put these in the show notes. These
0: are fantastic. I, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's up okay. Uh, How are we doing on time?
1: Uh, I think we are about right where we want to be. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about Eisenstadt
0: photographer of the week. Alfred Eisenstadt, uh, icon. Absolutely, photographer. One of the
1: most famous pictures of all time is his.
0: Yeah. And, and you probably, you probably don't even know it, but uh, you've seen it. It's, it's the, the Times Square. Uh, I, is it just called the kiss? What is it called?
1: I think so. Something like that. That's what it's, what it's apparently she called. didn't want to be kissed. And so some people are just like, oh great. You're showing this thing where this girl's like getting forced to kiss some guy. He's basically taking advantage of her and everyone thinks it's But on the
0: other romantic. hand,
1: it's a kiss. He just got home from the war. He's excited. Give the guy a break. Uh, I tend to agree with you, but I'm just saying that people have made that point lately. Uh, interestingly enough, little, little, little story here. Factoid. Years ago. Wait, hold on. I'm taking pictures. Factoid.
0: <laughs> <Beep>. <laughs> uh
1: I used to, so I used to be in the ad world. And, uh, one time I was working at this place and there was a guy there from England, a British guy. God, whose name I cannot remember for the life of me right now. But he came in as sort of a art director, um sort of in-house as as sort of uh like a art director uh in residence kind of thing right he had his own company he had done a bunch of really fancy stuff including designing a bunch of stuff for adobe so he had no it wasn't adobe it was he designed um not getty what did getty buy when was it getty one i guess it was originally right it was getty and then it was bought by the gates people right is that what it was I don't know what you're talking about. Like Getty, like, uh, uh, you know, pictures, uh, Oh, Getty images. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, he did, he did work for them or something like that. So he had, uh, he had a login for the site. This is back in 1998. That would allow you to download everything, anything you wanted for free. Part of his deal with them for designing their thing is that he could have anything he wanted anytime he wanted for free. Wow. Uh, which was kind of cool at the time. Anyway. Um, he was having a party and he had this beautiful like Brazilian girlfriend. It was like, you know, obviously the guy had money. Right. And he was staying at an apartment up by Times square, like in the fifties on Broadway, something like that. And I went and we were hanging out, whatever it is. And, you know, doing party stuff. And it turns out it was Eisenstadt's apartment. Wow. And there was a section, a door that was locked by like three deadbolts behind which was his archives. Oh, wow. Cause the guy had, I think he did. When did he die? Uh, oh gosh. Hold on. 1995. Put me on the spot. Okay. Here. Yeah. So, August, yeah, so 24th, this was 1999. 19. I think it was, or 98, 99. And so he had died. And so there was a guy who was the official archivist of all of his stuff. Wow. Who would come in every once in a while and like catalog. But this was the guy's apartment. And
0: what an archive. I mean, if you, you, yeah. you know, look through these links in the show notes, I mean, uh, photographs of, of Einstein, of the Kennedys, of. Uh,
1: who? Uh, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you know, Dietrich, Monroe, uh, Sophia Loren. Yep. uh I mean, it, the first meeting of Mussolini and Hitler. Uh, back back I mean, when people just, knew how to dress. Yeah. Uh, just amazing amazing photographs and i know we use that word a lot but these are beautiful photographs uh there are some photographs from the uh the the paris ballet mm-hmm. that are gorgeous from the 30s
1: yep yeah and of course the marilyn monroe photographs that seemingly every photographer needs to have from that period right seems like everybody has pictures of you know what i mean yeah, kind of does. Do, um, do you know that picture of the nurses at Roosevelt Hospital up the stairs? Have you seen that one? Uh, no, you're going to link. This is a great shot. Yeah, you're going to love this. There you go. What do you think of that? See, now oh, this is a, cr- see, this is a creative cool. use of a group photograph. Yeah. We're, we're,
0: we're down the bottom floor looking up. Uh, a few flights of stairs with with nurses dotted along the banisters peering the over, up. looking down at us. Yeah. Like this That's is a fantastic shot.
1: See, he probably somebody was like, oh, take a picture of the nurses. And he could have had them all lined up on the on the, you know, the stairs or whatever it is. But he's like, no, I'm going to get
0: like, pieces of the ceiling that are that are peeling away. there, visible.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's like I have to do better than that. That's great. You know, it's it's just that kind of stuff is really, really cool. Yeah, this guy shot uh, for life. In fact, yeah, those pictures. There's pictures of the Clintons, like while they were uh, while he was running for president. You know, family. I,
0: I love that. This is like the opposite or the the inverse of that Burke White shot from last week with all the fedoras.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ah, is actually so
0: great. So great.
1: It's good stuff. Uh, I like the Kate Hepburn picture too. You know that one for Time? Yeah, uh, that's a, that's a beautiful shot. Uh, but I mean, you guys can go uh, we'll just, you do a search for them in Google. We're going to put some stuff in the show notes. Uh, should yeah, I put links really, to these specific pictures in the show notes that we uh, talk about? If, if you'd like, sure. Why yeah, not? Why not? I'll do that too. Because uh, that that one of the uh, the nurses is pretty great. <laughs> it's a good idea. See, I I I wish that I had more imagination. Well, you know, th- this is another example
0: of of one of these photographers. One of the early photographers when it wasn't, whether, whether it wasn't fashionable or whether it's just not how you did it, he wasn't a people photographer. He wasn't a sports photographer. He was just a photographer yeah. shooting street, shooting architecture, shooting uh, just a changing world and the things that caught his eye. Yep, absolutely. And I think that is, that is something that is so important to photography and it's something that's become so lost by specialization i that, agree uh you know i i, I love lo- that's one of the reasons i love looking at at some of the older photographers is because they just had an eye for beauty or they had an eye for what was interesting to them not going well that's really out of my purview so i'm not going to take that photograph right
1: or the the flip side though is 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 it's not them it's other people saying yeah you sure know, oh bill doesn't take that kind of stuff so i'm not going to hire him to do that. yeah
0: whittle it down whittle it down
1: yep yeah uh, amazing stuff uh almost all all black and white too yeah uh
0: did you put the the the, the documentary the little yep put that in there. there's too. a twenty eight minute or so uh documentary called the greatest photojournalist uh that uh you might find interesting as well
1: it's uh yep in the show notes and uh Jeffrey, where can people find these show notes you can find them uh on five by five
0: certainly so easy. uh five by five dot t v slash OTP. Yep. Uh specifically if you wanted to add a slash fifty onto that, that'll get you to this episode. Yep. Uh, but you can see them all at slash OTP. Uh, you can contact us at podcast at ontakingpictures.com. You can uh find us on Google Plus. There's an on taking pictures community. Um and,
1: people and growing.
0: It's crazy. And and, and fantastic discussions. Thoughtful discussions, thoughtful commentary. You guys are sharing some great work. Keep it up. We love seeing it. Yep. Um, maybe try another hangout. I don't think the, the nighttime hangout worked so well, so I think we're back to maybe in the daytime a little earlier. Okay. You know, and the
1: people there, I mean, if you guys want to hang out to talk to each other, that's perfectly cool too.
0: Yeah. I'm, I, you know what? I, I've not been sleeping much lately, so I think I'm just going to do the odd random hangout late at night. And if you, if you see me on there, pop in and say hi. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to leave the camera on while I'm writing or, you know, working or whatever.
1: Creepy. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that's good. Uh, Apparently what? No, what do you got? Nothing. A friend of mine uh, has an office down in Dumbo and apparently elementary the show is renting out the front of her office uh, today for a TV shoot. What, elementary as a television show? Yeah. It's uh uh it's the it's the American Sherlock thing with Lucy Liu as Watson.
0: Oh right, 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 right. And
1: uh what's his name as uh, as Sherlock? As Holmes. Uh the, the guy the British guy, the the sick boy, whatever his name is. Sick boy. Isn't oh, it? from Trainspotting? Yeah. From the guy uh, from Hackers, who used to be very dangerous, Angelina Jolie. How many facts do I have to give you before you tell me the guy's name?
0: <laughs> oh, uh, 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 uh Johnny,
1: Johnny e. Miller. Miller. There you go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who was also in, uh, Plunkett and McLean with, uh, or, gosh, what was his name? Robert Carlyle.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever you say. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to add?
0: Uh, uh no. Uh, you tweet at Bill Wadman. I tweet at Jeffrey Sidoris, J e f f e r y s a d d o r i s. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, come on to the to the to the group and uh, and say hi.
1: Come on, come on, do the. Oh, sorry.
0: You know, you just cost us forty two hundred dollars right there.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks.
1: <laughs> Anything else you want to? Add? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Go out and make something. Have a good week. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks. All right. See you next time.